are now listening to the Lifting Standards Podcast, where we interview trainers, nutritionists, and inspirational individuals with the goal of providing personal and professional growth in every episode. Now, here's your host, Dalton Nicholas. And welcome back. Thank you all for joining me once again. Uh, I believe this is going to be my first podcast that I put out. I've recorded a bunch with all this craziness going on with the coronavirus and whatnot. If you uh, don't live under a rock, you know what I'm talking about. We, um, Me personally, as a personal trainer, have I have almost a month off at this point, which is scary, but it's also giving me the opportunity. I'm trying to make light of the situation. It gives me the opportunity to get all of these projects that I always want to do and always wish that I had this time in order to do, and it gives me time to do them. So the podcast is back in action, full throttle. We have the new intro, which you heard, I'm sure. We have a couple of other podcasts already done. There is a mobility podcast coming out, but that's not what you're here for today. We held a poll on Twitter, or excuse me, not on Twitter, on Instagram, and you guys chose the top five exercises. So this is what we're doing today, and let's jump right into it as everyone in the social media always says. So for the top five exercises, and this is something I think you should be doing weekly, and I'm just going to explain what we're going to talk about here. So the top five, I'm going to explain what I mean by top five because you could take top five in a couple of different ways. I'm going to go over the top five and what they are. I'm going to explain why I think they are in the top five and certain benefits and also requirements that you need to have for the lifts. And then I'm also going to go over a little bit of variations, a couple of variations for each one to make them better or just to give you something, another way to do that exercise. Okay, so my top five, or excuse me, how am I going to determine my top five? The exercises, I'm gonna try to uh, cover the most effective for performance and functionality. So like bodybuilders and anybody going for strictly body composition, this is not for you. This is more for performance, like athletes, for people who are just trying to be stronger and more explosive in any of their sports. I'm not even, you don't have to be in college. I'm just, even if you play basketball on a Wednesday men's league or something like that, is there anybody who's trying to get better at those movements, functionality, any sort of movement that you do throughout life? This is pretty much just going to give you the five exercises that'll, that'll cover your whole body and also be the best for the body, if that makes sense. All, all I'm basically trying to give you is the best bang for your buck per exercise. So that that's that's what my top five are going to be. And if you wanted, I mean, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Lifting Standard because they don't let you have 15 characters or more. <laughs> but if you want the top five for body composition, I would more than happily put that together as well. But this is what this is a little bit more important in my eyes, uh, just because more functionality, better life, longer, healthier muscles and limbs, you know? So my top five for this, I'm going number one, front squat, number two, deadlift, three, overhead press, uh, barbell or dumbbell. Dumbbell is going to give you a little bit more of a um, stability in the shoulder, and the barbell is going to 
take some of that out. So I guess dumbbell would be best, but I'm, I'm going to say barbell and dumbbell here. Number four, single leg RDL. And number five, pull-ups with a variety of grips. But with the top five already spilt out right there in the open, I will say number six, <laughs> number six is going to be a clean and jerk, and it beats every single one of these exercises. I just didn't put it in the top five for reasons I will get to later. But before we get to that, now we're on to why I think these are all the top five and some things you need to have before you can actually accomplish these lifts. So for front squats, for you to do them correctly, you need to have ankle mobility, you need to have hip mobility, you need to have incredibly strong core, and also another thing to mention, the activation of the core, you need to be able to contract that very easily, or brace that very easily. Your wrist and your shoulder mobility needs to be A1 perfect, it needs to be great. Uh, you can do front squats with the, like, the the dead crossed arms if you wish, but I'm talking full on wrist flexing back. That'll give you, that's, that's something, this is why I'm trying to give you the most benefits for each exercise and doing it with the crossed arm is kind of getting rid of the shoulder and the upper back mobility that you would need. So all of these exercises, if you were able to complete all these exercises, your mobility and your, just mobility wise, you are pretty sound as an athlete. If you're able to complete all of these lists with no complications. So and obviously strong legs. I say front squats just because you can really activate um, both aspects of your legs, both aspects as in your quads and your glutes and your hamstrings. It's a little bit harder to gain quad on a back squat, I find. So front squats for sure. And then also, I mean, the, the bracing of the core that you get on a front squat is, is like almost, it's almost like a plank standing up. So it is exactly like that with the muscles, but it's ju it sucks just as bad as a plank is what I'm trying to say. So that you're getting the most out for a squat. This is the best squat you could do, hands down. Next, number two, deadlift. So once again, solid core activation you need for these lifts. Your shoulder, hip, and ankle mobility needs to be A1 perfect in order to get into that starting position. And then also just on the way down from the top on the lockout, you need to be able to move all of those joints with great success in order to be able to have a good lift so the mobility is there as well your shoulder mobility and stability for the deadlift you're holding that up with your traps and your shoulders so that's where i'm bringing that in there so this is really a full body lift i'm sure you've heard that before uh other than the shoulder mobility you need grip strength it strengthens your lower back amongst a number of other areas but that's what I'm focusing on for number two because obviously you use your legs your traps upper back you use your whole body but the lower back is where lower back and legs is where you'll mainly feel it for this um, hopefully the lower back is a sore and not a impingement that you're feeling if it is you need to talk to a trainer and get that form fixed that was number two number three overhead barbell press or dumbbell so once again, we're going to start off with the core bracing. Whenever you're pushing something over your head, you really need to be able to activate that core to make sure that your lower back isn't arching or putting your lower back at risk. And I hope you've noticed the trend that all of these exercises, your core is huge. Number one muscle group you should be focusing on because that's what holds you up. That's what's going to make, make or break most of your exercises and whether or not you're going to be able to hold form or 
whether you make or break a lift, basically. I mean, if you're not able to keep that nice and tight core through a squat or deadlift, you're not going to be able to fully extend or fully come back up out of the hole of a squat. So that is why core is so important. And also in everyday life, you're using your core almost 100% of the time, unless you're just kind of sitting back and relaxing. But anything active that you're doing in your normal life, you are going to be using your core. So that is why I think it is such an importance. And also, not necessarily everybody thinks that you're using your core in all of these exercises. And I want you to know you should be. You need to be activating that core through all of these movements. Uh, and I just wanted to point out the trend that core is probably one of the most important things that you are going to be having to activate and use in all of these lifts. For the overhead barbell press, your shoulder mobility and stability, once again, A1 needs to be there. And not not just the, these aren't just requirements. These are also like benefits and things you'll gain throughout it. So even if you don't have the best stability in your shoulders, you can lower the weight and work on it with this this movement. You understand? Uh, the mobility definitely needs to be there for it to be a safe lift. But you're able to gain that through in all of these movements that I'm talking about here, such as the the grip strength for the dumb or for the deadlift, you're able to gain all of these things and work on them. And these are also giving you goals to focus on in the gym as well. If you're not able to, just because if you're not able to hit a lift or do a lift right away, doesn't mean you shouldn't thrive or chase that goal in order to be able to hit that lift or get into a position to be able to execute the lift properly with the best form. Obviously, for the overhead dumbbell or the barbell press, you're going to need a strong base. Uh, that means ankle stability, your knee and hip stability all the way up through your trunk into that shoulder. So it's a full body. I know you might not think of the legs, but in the variations, we'll talk about a way to get the legs incorporated into that. But the last thing I want to touch on for the barbell overhead press or the dumbbell is wrist stability. You don't want your wrist cocked back and just all of that weight sitting right putting all that pressure on your wrist you really want to have your wrist nice and straight i see a lot of people throughout training that have their wrist curled back whenever they're doing this movement and that's what's causing a lot of pain in that area so that's something else you work on throughout this lift is some wrist stability not necessarily the most important or the biggest thing but i'm just trying to really emphasize that you use your whole body in all five of these lifts um, I'm, I'm still working on a lift to get the toes involved. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, I just want you guys to really see how, how much you benefit from these five lifts alone and then realize that all the accessory work that you can and will do with these, like after these lifts, you can focus on where you may have some lacking, uh, parts of the body that you need to work on but most of the lacking parts of the body would be specific to whatever you're doing this is pretty for a general uh all-purpose training person or tr session this this these five lifts will pretty much hit everything uh if you're focused on chest that's the only place that i realize that i lack a little bit in these five but even with the overhead press you may get a little bit of the upper pec in that movement so it's not a hundred percent not in this five Number four, single leg RDL, one of my favorite movements for everyone, general population, athletes, recovery, or not recovery, um, rehab. This is such a great movement for balance, uh, such a great movement for stability, starting at your ankle all the way to your knee, hip, and also what it does for you uh, muscular, you get a lot of glute and hamstring activation and growth through this movement. And I think it really trains you to be a little bit more functional because 
going from a two leg RDL to a single leg is very it's very difficult on the balance, especially when you start mixing things up. We'll talk about in the variation, but it's not a very easy, very easy movement to begin with. And then when you throw a bunch of different things at it, it makes it even harder. So the growth of your glute and your hamstring, your stability from your ankle, knee, and hip, huge, huge points of this lift. And once again, if you don't have it to begin with this lift, you will gain it through the lift. Like you'll gain your stability, you'll gain balance the more you do it. Uh, if you don't want to start with dumbbells, you could start with a uh, TRX. TRX have your hands on the handles, and you just do. You pull yourself out far enough to where there's some tension in that TRX, and you're able to do a assisted RDL. That's a great way, and obviously it's better if you're doing it with a trainer or somebody watching you, so they can point out some. It, issues with your form or anything like that but I really find that this is one of the best movements for balance and stability in the legs all the way to the hip lastly for the top five pull-ups variety of grips wide grip reverse grip neutral grip all of these different variants we're not going to talk about this much in the variation stage because I'm already bringing I'm already counting all of those variations but with the wide grip you're really going to be focusing on working the lats and we didn't hit a lot of back. I was I was kind of going back and forth on whether I wanted to have this or a row, like a barbell row. But I think this with the with the different grips, same way a gr the different grips of a row would get you. I think this is really good for general population functionality. I mean, you're not really going to be bending. I think the functionality part of it is going to be where what pushed me over the edge to go more towards the pull-ups. I know you're probably not pulling yourself up a cliff all the time, but you're really not going to be like hip hinged, bended straight down, looking at the floor and pulling something to your chest. Uh, so that is what pushed me to the pull-ups. Working your lats. Also going to help with the scapula winging, which is another reason why I think functionally and just overall, this is a better movement for the top five. A lot of people I work with have the scapula winging, which is not, it's not horrible, but it's definitely not great for you. Um, and once you, once you realize it, it almost becomes a mission for you to fix it. So I think that is why most people will find this a very beneficial lift. Even if it's assisted, it's fine. Like you need to just work on these muscle groups that are on the back there. And with the reverse grip is where you're really going to be able to help that, the scapula winging effect. Where your bone, where your shoulder blade pops out a little bit, whenever you do a push up or if you put your arm behind your back, and if it's an excess, it becomes a real issue. So the reverse grip is going to help you pull those down and create less of a gap, strengthening all the right muscle groups with that reverse grip and the wide grip. But having all of the different grips, you're going to be able to hit a lot of your back without having to do any other movements. The only other movement you would really need to do is some sort of cable or barbell row to hit anything super deep into that middle of your back. But things that you need for this, grip strength is really it and the ability to pull yourself up, which is kind of obvious. I think the assisted lift is still great, so don't be dis discouraged if you can't do a normal push-up. That is fine. Run over to the assisted pull-up machine and just give it all you got over there even going to failure on there is great i love that burn 
in the muscles. Number six, obviously, wasn't a part of the top five, but this is this is why I wanted to bring it up at the end. Clean and Jerk beats every single one of these five that I've mentioned before, but if you noticed, a Clean and Jerk really incorporates one through three out of my top five. Um, the only reason why I didn't put it all together and make number one be the Clean and Jerk is it's just such a technical and hard lift, especially if you don't have a coach or somebody watching you you're going to get hurt most likely it's 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 a sport it's not really it is a training style but it's it's training for a sport competition uh and a lot of other sports use this because it's so good for your performance in any sport the only the other thing i don't want people doing the reason why i don't want people doing this is because your mobility needs to be a1 perfect it you need to have the hip mobility you need to have the shoulder mobility and stability and that core needs to fire whenever you say so in order to protect that lower back and make sure you can hold and stick these lifts it's so technical that's why i think you should get an ollie coach beforehand olympic lifting coach before you dive into this lift but if you are able to complete this lift and do this lift this is something that you should be doing every week especially if you've got like a lot of performance-based goals as an athlete this is such a great lift the only other reason why I didn't put it in top five is not everywhere has Olympic lifting platforms or the uh, the weights. They don't all have like the rubberized weights. So that is going to be the issue. Everything else I named you can pretty much find at any normal gym. And with that being said, we've explained all five. We are going to take a quick break for the sponsor of this podcast, and then we will be back with the variations, okay? See you in just a minute. All right, thank you all for going through that ad and sticking with it. We're back with the variations to all of these lifts. We've talked about one through five, technically six, but here we are for some variations to make them better or worse, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> for the front squat, we're going to add some bands to your knees to force you to push your knee out and also add some activation in that glute. You're going to get a little bit more out of the lift and make it obviously harder sorry that's what we got to do around here so add the bands either above or below your knee uh, and then also I have a box squat here for you guys so front squat with the box at the bottom so you're gonna work on exploding out of the hole and these are just some ways I, d I wanted to give you guys the top five but I also wanted to give you some different variations to make them not as boring if you're gonna do them every week so these are two different variations you can switch up on or even do them together so bands in a box squat for the front squat so for the deadlift, you can go with a pause. You could pause for a second. You could pause for two seconds. You could pause for three seconds. It's all up to you. And where you pause is up to you. Usually people pause right above the knee when they're on the ascend from the floor. That is where most people pause. Or you could even pause on the way down. But I, I recommend uh, pausing on the ascend. I'm pulling on the way up. That's going to help you get through the, the whole or the sticking point rather for the deadlift you're going to get through that sticking point and finish the lockout very well if you start doing pause deadlifts the other thing for deadlifts i'm going to say de uh, sumo deadlift this is great for glute growth uh growth <laughs> sumo deadlift great for gr glute growth there we go hey this is content right here. Thank you. <laughs> so that is the other two, the pauses or the sumo deadlift. 
you're going to gain a lot of leg strength. It's going to focus more on legs with the sumo deadlift than any of the upper body, really. You're still going to need that grip strength, but those are my two variations for that. Overhead barbell or dumbbell push press. We talked about using the legs more in that overhead press. So you could add in a little bit of a quarter squat, basically, and then drive all the way up. You're going to be able to have more weight and also incorporate your legs a little bit and only thing to mention again is on the way down you're going to kind of catch it into a quarter squat just because it's going to be a little bit heavier for you too so you don't want to just kind of catch it on your shoulders and you could also add some negatives into the lift so you push just a normal push or not, not a push press just a normal overhead barbell press you push it up three seconds on the way down that's going to give you some more shoulder growth and also going to make you hold that core nice and tight for a little bit longer while it's on the way down. So definitely beneficial to do negatives and push presses for the overhead barbell press. Number four, single leg RDL. So when we were talking about this before, I'm assuming everyone thought you would just have two hands on the dumbbell but or kettlebell. I prefer kettlebells when I have the option. It just feels better in my hands. What I want you to do is if you're going to do the single leg with the right leg on the floor, you're going to take that weight and put it in your left hand, and that is going to throw off your balance. It's also going to make you activate your glute and your hips a little bit harder because you're throwing off that balance, and your hamstring is going to have to work extra hard to pull that up, once again, just because of the balance is so off. And also, you're going to gain some more balance obviously through this but your ankle and your knee stability in this they're going to have to hold up pretty tight because of how much weight is on one side so you're gaining a lot more of basically the general purpose of this lift when you add that weight to the other side the only other the only other variation i have for you i'm going to give you two more on this lift so you could have you could put both hands on it and just add some more weight for that single leg but what I would really prefer is if you grab a band, if you do single leg with a band, you might not even be able to do it with the weights at first, but you're going to take this band, hook it up to the wall or the power rack, wherever you are, and have it around your waist so that when you power through with your hips, you're going to get a lot of contraction in your glutes. And that is going to be very performance-based. So th those... those two things, opposite hand for the RDL, and then also adding a band around your hip excuse me when you do the RDL five pull-up variations or number five with the pull-up and the ver the variety of grips the only thing I have for you on this one is weighted pull-ups or you could do the banded assisted if you are having an issue with the pull-ups and then just work your way down in the resistance of the band and other than that you could do holds like come to the top squeeze your back as hard as you can and then you could do the negatives here as well I'm really just trying to give you as much variety that you can have but I don't want to make it too complicated for you guys either just because I want this to be a very basic five exercises that you guys can use every week and really improve on so the weights obviously if you're doing a weighted pull-up you want to go up a little bit every week five seven pounds whatever you're working with everybody's different and if you're going to add the bands, or if you're going to use the bands for the assisted, if you don't have an assisted pull-up machine, just use use uh, less bands, less less resistance as you see that you're able to go longer with your pull-ups or just feel stronger in them. And you could also go up on a pull-up and hold 
three seconds and then come down. Those are my varieties for that. And then once again, clean and jerk, I really would prefer you getting a coach. But once you get, if you get into the clean and jerk, like I said, it beats all of these exercises in my opinion. Um, you would probably be in the ollie or the Olympic lifting lifestyle realistically. So you would not just be having the clean and jerk. You'd be working on your cleans off of a clean from a, a hang clean. You could be cleaning from blocks. You could be jerking only. You could be static holding the top for the jerk. You could be doing a lot of different things in order to improve each part of the clean and jerk. But that is more with the coach involved. So that is all I'm going to say on that. I want to thank you all for coming back for another awesome episode. I want you guys to follow the Instagram at Lifting Standards Training. I want you to vote whenever I put the polls up so I know what you guys want to hear. I also, I just started back up the, the Twitter at Lifting Standard because they don't allow me to add an S at the end there. And we're going to be getting the online training website up very soon. I just pulled it off of Shopify. We're going to use a different vendor or a host for the website and it's going to be a little bit more uh, podcast and training focused than it was merch focused before we'll still have merch eventually we're just I just want to f- switch the focus of the brand to be more about the content that you guys receive than it is about the clothing and the training that I do outside of the internet as well so that is what is going on with the brand itself If you want to support the podcast, there is a supporter link down below. Again, if anybody is supporting the podcast or anybody who wants to support the podcast, I appreciate you very much. It's definitely not an obligation. I just love that you guys listen to all of these and keep running up all the other ones. Until next time, I will see you later. Peace.